It's time to get on the blunderbuss, where we go on a journey into leadership failure. My name is Edward Vaughan. Join me as I travel far and wide on my special bus, the blunderbuss, and have honest conversations with great leaders about some of their greatest leadership disasters. On the blunderbuss, we think it's it's possible to learn more from your moments of failure than your moments of success, if you know the magic secret. And we also know that failure can be fun, especially other people's. As I drive around on the blunderbuss, I'm on the search for the leader who has done more mistakes than I have. Could today be the day that we've found them? So today, I've driven the blunderbuss to Bondi Junction in Sydney's eastern suburbs, where I'm meeting with Alan Stewart, a pastor, church planter, CEO, former Bishop of Wollongong, and now National Director for the Fellowship of Independent Evangelical Churches. G'day, Al. G'day, Ed. How you doing? Very well, mate. Great to be here. Good. Nice to see you at Bondi Junction. Absolutely. Um, I'm concerned I've wasted my time. Have you have you ever made a mistake? Ed, how long have you got? <laughs> how long? How many podcasts do you want to fill? I'm serious. I'm just thinking we could do a whole series. We could, we could. We could. Give us your best one. Give us your best shot. Oh, one that's kind of fresh and still a bit raw. Okay. Started about actually about ten years ago. So this was a long term one of my long term failures. Uh, in 2010, I'd come back from Wollongong and uh, Kathy and I were hoping to plant a church uh, to reach the unchurch in the eastern suburbs. And uh, there were two other couples that I knew had been long-term friends, so, um, uh, Peter and Bettina and John and Megan. Uh, Peter and John particularly are very gifted at explaining the Christian message to people, like just two of the best I've ever seen at this. And so I thought if we got the three couples together, that could be the basis of the church plant. And they knew lots and lots of contacts and lots of people who weren't followers of Jesus. And I thought, yeah, we'll pull all that together and let it develop and it'll turn into this, you know, it will mega church and all sorts of stuff. Sounds fantastic. It was a great plan. <laughs> and? And it was pretty much, I, I messed it up from the beginning. What, what, what did you do? Well, as we talked, um, in hindsight, I never actually got clarity with the other two couples about what we were trying to do. Um, uh, John and Megan, I think, wanted to invite their friends who weren't Christ- uh, followers of Jesus to a, a home venue where in, in a low-stress environment they could hear about Jesus. And then maybe, in hindsight, they were thinking they could bring them into a mainstream church. Okay. And, and Peter and Bettina, Peter's just so keen to tell everyone about Jesus. He wanted like a, a missions station, okay? And so they weren't thinking church planting. Okay. And, and I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm, we're not exactly on the same page, but we'll let it develop. Okay. Um, and the trouble is it just it didn't ever develop the way I thought it would. So it's interesting. Three three great groups of people. You and Peter and John and you know. Yep. Yep. Three great groups of people. Three great ideas. Yep. But not the same <laughs> idea. Is that the problem? <laughs> In hindsight, as as my wife has pointed out a number of times, right. she has the gift of clarity. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you did never make it clear, and she said that's because you didn't want to take over. And I guess that's partly right. I didn't want to be seen as the one who jumped in and tried to run the whole thing. Right. And yet 
I, I guess I should have stepped up to try and lead. Yeah. And I also wasn't sure that the other two couples were on the same page. I thought, well, we'll just keep going and it'll all work out right. You work it out as you go along. Exactly. Right. And, you know, it's the idea of you build the aeroplane while you're in the air. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, we didn't quite get off the runway in terms of my idea. Right. It, it, that works as long as you're all building the same plane. I think exactly. if you're building three yeah. different planes, that becomes... <laughs> That's right. That's right. And so... Um, we started, we met in lounge rooms and, and um, uh, John and, and, um, and Megan and, and Pete and Bettina, they knew so many contacts and they invited lots. We had maybe 20 people who weren't followers of Jesus in the lounge room yeah. and I, I would give a kind of an interactive discussion talk and it was great. Um, but then after a year or so, uh, John, and, John and Megan decided that they would head off and go to a mainstream church. Right. Which was fine because we I realised we'd never committed to how long it would go for, what were exactly we were doing, we right. were just going to meet. and it, So then it was uh, the, the two couples running this and I, I think what Pete really wanted to do wasn't what I had in mind and we, we ran something different. We ran a, a meeting where we invited people who weren't followers of Jesus into our lounge room and... We met for seven years, uh, and in in the kindness of God, as I look back, lots of good things happened. People became became Christian and uh, and so on, but um, it it didn't ever develop into the church plant that I had hoped. Yeah, and why? Well, I just didn't get everybody on the. We were not on the same page when we started. We didn't have any commitments about what we would do. I said, let it develop, but it was developing. It didn't. Yeah. So being really you know, clear about this, why didn't you do that? Partly because I didn't want to be seen to try and take over. Right. Partly because I had doubts that we were actually on the same page. You had some suspicions. I had some suspicions and I thought, oh, look, as I overrated my own influence. <laughs> I thought over time I would influence my <laughs> my friends and we'd all go the same direction. I'll just persuade them and they'll do what I want to do. And it didn't work and, yeah, it was my fault and I should have been clearer and I realised the other guys didn't do anything wrong at all. No, no, no. It was no. just Great people. bad, yeah. wasn't in bad leadership, it was just lack of leadership. And it's really interesting that you, you know, in your heart of hearts know now that, that you had some suspicions and that meant that you didn't do it. Yep. That's yep, really that's right. So what I should have done, I should have been really clear. Guys, this is what I'm hoping would happen. Will you commit yourself to this? Is this what you want to do? And I think if I'd done that, I was a bit worried that the other two couples would have said, no, that's not actually no. what we want to do. Right. And uh, had we been clear on that, uh, we may have gone and done different things. Although in the kindness of God, those seven years of meeting uh, were really good as I look back. Yeah. And and. What we did get right, and Pete and I were on the same, the two couples were on the same page at the end, we took 18 months to slowly but surely get the people who'd been used to meeting with us to get them into other churches and uh, kind of, if you like, ease that transition, uh, and that that actually went really well. Okay. So what would you say that you learnt out of this? Uh you can't, you can't retrofit something, mm. or you only get to, when you when you're starting up a venture and inviting people to come with you. You need to be very clear about uh, the goals that you have, the commitment that's required, what you're asking people to do. 
And so you want the right people on the bus, but they need to agree where the bus is going and, yeah. and what the priorities are. Yeah, and there is an enormous temptation, I think, to fudge yeah. a lot of that, but yeah. you pay for it in spades. Oh, you pay for it in the long run. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have you uh, ever repeated that mistake? I haven't had time to repeat that one. That was only about 18 months ago. Okay, okay. So, but um, you're working I'm, on it? I have plenty of other ones. Um, I, I also think I learned the hard way not to overestimate my own persuasiveness, I guess, or the fact that, of course, people want to follow me. Well, they don't necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I haven't repeated that one. I've got lots of others where I haven't. As I look back, there's a pattern of me not being clear with people about where we want to go and not listening properly to what they want as well. Yes. A pattern of me assuming it'll all work out in the long run. Yeah, when they say what they want, it's quite, oh, that's pretty close, that's good enough. That's that close kind enough. Of, or, close enough. You know, when we work together, it'll all kind of work out and we'll end up in the same place. Now, I can think there's been some times when that's happened as I look back, the, the icebergs I've hit have been from that. And it's funny, Al, because in a way that sort of comes from a place of, uh, of niceness, it seems to me. Like you don't want to, I don't know, offend people or you don't want to... Is it, is it that kind of... Uh, niceness. Um, maybe, maybe. I can be a bit loud and a bit pushy and a bit OCD and often I do try and kind of back right, off that. Yeah, 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 which seems a nice thing to want to do, like not yeah. take over, you know. Yeah, I, I can take over things and push. And as soon as I'm in a room, I'm looking around thinking, who's in charge here and why aren't we doing something you know, yeah. different? Who, who is Elvis in this room? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I'm, I'm often trying to back off on that. But if you do that too much and you're trying to lead right. something, it's not going to work. Okay. So you've got to – does that balance that I'm still – I'm only 61, I'm still right. learning. You've only been doing this for 40 years. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, what do you feel as though you've learned, or how do you see failure now? Uh, failure can be good for us, I guess, in, in two ways. One is it's, it's taught me some humility. Mm. I think someone out there that I know has been praying lately that God would teach me humility, oh. and I wish they'd stop. <laughs> just, <laughs> Turn that tap off. Please stop. I've got it. I've got to know. Um, but the other is, I think, Permission to fail, and and I think that it's good. You have a go, and if it doesn't work, well, you try something else. Yeah. As I read Matthew twenty five and what the Lord Jesus says in the parable of the talents, what he wants is not that they've been super successful necessarily. It's that they had a go. Yes. That they didn't sit on their talent. That they went out and did their best. And sometimes you do your best, and you fail, and you. You pick up the pieces and you have a go at something else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, Al. Uh, we want to thank Al Stewart for sharing about one of his great leadership mistakes and what he's learned at the St. Michael's Institute. Our promise to you is that we can help you do more dumb things because we can help you take more risks and learn from what you're doing. Go to our website at www.stmichaels.institute. Thanks, Al, and we'll see you next time on The Blunderbuss.